0: I was like about to turn 35 I was 34 and a half years old and I'm like oh my god I I've been Rip Van Winkle totally asleep for how many years now and it was it was the scariest thing and so like to reintroduce myself into the community and continue my practice that's when that's when I took the practice seriously that's when I started to meditate that's when I understood that the benefits of yoga were life-saving life-changing benefits and that all of us need access to this and you know it became my passion.
1: That was Robin on this week's show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yogi Misfit Sessions. I'm Danny Pomploon. I am the host of the most, uh, whatever that means. (laughs) Uh, Today is session 114 and it's sometimes the things that come out of my mouth on this show, I don't know. Um, Today is session 114 and it's a Fierce Calm collaboration which is always a fun time. Uh, to uh, to podcast. These, show, uh, these uh, shows are, I don't know, they're awesome. They're really inspiring, you guys. Some of the people that come on here, like Robin, um, are just absolutely brilliant. Uh, the people over at Fierce Calm themselves do some really cool work. Big shout out to Lee and friends. Um, yeah, we get to share these stories of how yoga have impacted and changed our lives, and thus we get to normalize a lot of conversations that people wouldn't normally want to have. Um, it's just super inspiring. And of course, you know, like the more vulnerability that we get to practice, the, uh, the, more, like the, the more we hear these stories of people being vulnerable, right? You get to do maybe the same or be inspired or, or maybe have that little voice in your head, you know, uh, not necessarily quieted down, but like, you know, lean into that trust of, of being vulnerable in your own life um, and in your own daily practices. So I love doing these. Um, just before we get into the show, as always, uh, if you'd love the show, please leave us a review on iTunes and don't uh, forget to share the show with your friends, right? This community that we've started to grow here is, uh, is just building and building and it's because of you guys. And, um, yeah, we're always looking for support on the show. Uh, we've got a couple people who, um, just recently donated big shout out to Michelle who donated to us on Patreon. Woo. Um, we sending you your sticker pack and your free yoga class and all of that soon. Thanks, Michelle, so much for supporting the show. And y'all can head over to uh, dandypumploon.com slash support. Every penny just goes right back into the show. So it's just to, it's just to help sustain um, the community and, and put this uh, beautiful work that we get to do back out there for you guys to enjoy. Without further ado, here goes session 114. And this is our Fierce Calm collaboration. Hi Robin.
0: Hi Danny. How are you? I'm really well. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm good. I know we were doing the little rundown beforehand, but I'm 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 super excited to talk to you today. I know we keep we've been in such close orbit, which has been really cool, but I haven't actually had a lot of time to just hang out and like chat with you outside of when we see each other in person.
0: Right. Which is <laughs> once a year.
1: Right.
0: I'm, I'm, one, year. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm absolutely re- excited to be here and it's great How- that we have this time.
1: Yeah, same. I'm, I'm super, I'm super pumped to have you uh, on the show. How's everything going in the Midwest?
0: Everything's going really well. You know, today it's like 60 degrees. Yesterday it was 25. You know, it's March.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and you got, is it engaged or married recently?
0: So I'm engaged. Yep. We're planning Congratulations. our wedding now. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's an exciting time for sure.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. That's like, that's big. <laughs>
0: It's huge. (laughs) It is so big.
1: (laughs) Are you managing keeping it all together?
0: Yeah, I think we're doing a really good job, actually. You know, we have our moments, um, for sure, where it's like, oh, you know, just it's not even so much the planning. It's it's the expense. It's the energy being taken away from, like, the studio and various other projects we have that we're going, you know. Yeah, yeah going on with. So it's it's just a lot to negotiate, but I think everybody probably goes through that. I don't think for we're, sure.
1: yeah.
0: we're the only ones, that's for yeah. sure. But a I've had my moment them. where I'm like, you know what, maybe justice of the peace, you know, like... Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, you know, it's an honor to be able to have the privilege to do this. And I was somebody for a really long time that never thought I wanted that, you know. I yeah. guess, you know, growing up LGBTQ, when you can't have something I maybe I just told myself oh I don't want that totally doesn't apply to me it's not something I'd want anyway but then when 2015 happened actually the supreme court ruling came right at my birthday 2015 I was like well suddenly it was like oh my gosh there's this This possibility yeah Yeah." and it yeah and it just like I don't know (laughs) (laughs)
1: I I remember I was actually still bartending back then. And I remember being at the bar that day and it was just like that year for, for pride in San Francisco was such a different feeling. It was so, um, I don't know. It was like, this is like, I it, normally, as a bartender working in a gay bar, I was very like, oh, here we go again with Pride. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and that year was actually a really fun year. Everyone's like energies and spirits were up. And it was just, it was a whole different like vibe, if that makes any sense.
0: It totally makes sense. I was in Toronto that year for Pride and also my birthday. And then this ruling happened. And, Oh my gosh! The freedom, the the pure joy, and the the sense of freedom that was just flowing in, like the streets and all the coffee houses everywhere we went. It was it was incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah. That well, I mean, that's that's super awesome. And I'm, first, like, I get you know, congratulations again. That's super huge and exciting. And and I can't wait to see it all unfold for you. That's really, Aww, really, really. Thank big you news. so
0: much. That means a lot. Appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm uh I'm I I every time I get to do one of these shows. Well, first, anytime I get to do any of these shows, it's a privilege, like for sure. But every time I get to do one of the fierce calm collaborations, it's, I really do believe and we can maybe even kind of, you know, tap into what we were talking about just before we started recording, like having these conversations and being able to normalize these conversations of how yoga has saved us and being able to share these voices is just, I don't know, I just think it's the coolest things in sliced bread.
0: Absolutely. I'm with you 100%.
1: So thank you. I mean, just coming into it, knowing that you're, you know, you are going to put yourself out there and, and share, like, just thank you already in advance for, for telling us your story, because there's going to be, I'm sure, if not, you know, one person, but maybe a few hundred out there that are going to listen to, you know, your story and, and get something from your, you know, your experience and your strength and your wisdom and yeah, there's just, I always end up taking like a page long full of notes when I have (laughs) these like episodes. I learned it after like the third time because people would just drop these truth bombs and I'd be like, Oh, need that. Oh, need that. Oh, need that. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. So let's, let's get into it, Robin. How did, how did yoga change your life? How did yoga? Let's talk about it.
0: So (laughs) the way I like to describe it, um, I think yoga, it, it saved my life and then it gave me the chance for a brand new one. So it was like the two for one special for real. Um, I, I was literally dying and, um, you know, like many of us who have found our way onto a more healing pathway, having a background of trauma and, you know, addiction and different various issues that we go through along the way. Um, I had hit a pretty bad bottom and, um, in 2004, I woke up on life support. I had, um, survived a a suicide attempt. And um Mm. I didn't mean to survive that. Obviously it wasn't like a feeble attempt. I was pretty serious. And when I woke up, I I didn't know what day it was, what time it was. All I remember were there were all these tubes down my throat and my mother was to my left, my sister was to my right, and I was in this huge white, big spacious room, obviously ICU, and I looked across the the, you know, the bed and I saw the clock on the wall and it said four o'clock. And I, I thought is that AM, PM? What day is this? Like, I remember these thoughts initially. And then I started to choke and I was told, okay, don't try to talk. And, you know, of course they had to come in and take everything out. Um, but my first real thought after like, Oh, where am I? What time is it? Uh, had no sense of you know, direction, day, night, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, my first thought was, I can't believe this didn't work. You know, I guess I'll have to get a gun. And that was the kind of thinking that I was working with at that time. And I was so upset that it didn't work. Because of course, now, everything I'd been running from just like hit me right in the face, you know. Sure. So, um, you know, leaving the, the hospital, um, they put me in touch with uh, like a recovery support team. And, um, you know, they, they directed me to an outpatient treatment center, I had been in active addiction um, for uh, many years. Um, most of which was social, but the last couple, definitely not, definitely nothing social about it, completely dysfunctional addiction. And um, so when they put me in, put this recovery team in in support system in place for me, I went for intake and they said, um, you know, we require you to go to like these 12-step meetings and our requirement is two a week, but if I were you, And the woman looked me dead in the eye. I will never forget it. She said, I would go every single day. And I thought, what? Like, (laughs) you think I have that much of a problem? And I remember saying something really crazy. It wasn't crazy at the time. I actually believed what I, you know, what I said. But I remember saying, yeah, but I only only used like five days a week. And she just like looked at me and I, I could see and feel the truth. Like, we all know when we're in the presence of truth. And I thought to myself, I'm in serious trouble. And that's when it really, the fear really started to set in. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I took that suggestion seriously and I went to some 12 step meetings, um, figured out that I didn't know what to do with myself when I wasn't at a 12 step meeting. Um, so I, I hung pretty close to, to the recovery community and, um, I really kind of identified more with addicts that had used drugs and other substances rather than alcohol um, they don't like it very much, or at least they didn't at that point in time for you to discuss like substances that weren't alcohol and to be at this other meeting and just, you know, it was kind of like substance specific. So, um, so I stayed in that community for a really long time and I am affiliated with them to some extent today, even, you know, um, NA is where I made my, my home in recovery. However, I will say that once I got my life back together, um, I did go to some yoga classes. Of course, I only attended vinyasas and really intense flavored classes, you know, like
1: (laughs) stuff that would really
0: drive you to your edge, you know. Um,
1: That's so real. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
0: So like that became my thing, but anything that had any level of stillness to it, it, it really freaked me out. And I just couldn't make a commitment to a regular practice at the time. So I would, I would like pop in, pop out do my vinyasas, really treating the practice more of like a workout. And I did, though, sense that underneath of it all, there was something very healing there, something very grounding, something very supportive in a way that nothing else on the planet, you know, was going to be for me. And I did know that I just couldn't commit to the stillness and like get on that deeper level with my own vibration. I really was afraid of my own vibration and anything yeah. I could do to, um, to buffer it. A little, you know, like that's that's been my story. So, um, so yeah, just to bring you to current, I stayed in recovery, went to NA, got my life together. I uh, did some traveling. I went back to school. I studied at the Moscow Art Theatre School in Russia and studied some pretty advanced movements and had the opportunity to work with some really amazing people um, there. And when I came home, um, got into a really serious relationship, made that number one in my life um, totally lost balance. Um, really, uh, you know, they say it's true that like whatever you put before your recovery is the first thing you'll lose. And
1: he's going to say hello addict. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand the gravity of, of the disease of addiction or whatever at the time, oh, you yeah. know, I, I yeah. it started to change its face, change its name, all this and showing up in my life in a multitude of ways that, um, that meant, I was just going to have to get with myself sooner or later. And I did, I was in a horrible car accident. Um, and when I was in that car accident in 2009, um, I suffered some life-threatening injuries and I had to have some major reconstructive surgery. And when I went through all of that trauma, um, that immobilized me, Danny, no more vinyasas for me. (laughs) Um, no more, no more on the run. You know, it really brought me to a screeching halt. And of course that's where, I was met with all of the stillness and, um, and I started to consider like, wow, this, it's really after you, like it, sooner or later, you have to get with yourself, you know, right. and um, my relationship, you know, fell apart. Uh, it was ripe for that. Um, I became addicted to the narcotic pain medication I was taking and developed a serious habit and relationship with, with the drugs. Um, and by the way, those were not the same drugs that brought me into recovery totally different end you know now these these drugs were you know um, opioids prescription heavy duty heavy strength opioids and that's not what led me in. I came into recovery having abused and used and been strung out on stimulant more stimulant type of um Mm. of substances you know so but it doesn't matter like they're all the same right like anything to take you away from you um and it took me um, a downward spiral. And um, I think really the, the final um, nail in the coffin for me was um, the death of my mother. My mother also suffered from um, addiction and depression and a whole host of other, you know, mental um, illnesses. And she committed suicide on the anniversary of my father's death. And um, I think I didn't think I was going to make it out that that just knocked me completely into outer space. And um, the the level of grief that that hit me um, from that experience was just tremendous. I couldn't, I didn't think I was going to survive the experience. And um, it's hard to even understand how I did because I was in the grips of these medications. And I just started to take some steps to, to confront it and to go on this more holistic, homeopathic, you know, um, journey and I it takes a lot of courage and I was full of nothing but fear so I was getting there but then this happened and I really thought I was gone and I almost was you know little by little I started to come undone and um, I isolated in my house I stopped working I stopped meeting with friends I stopped doing things that would give me a chance to um, to come into some kind of you know new beginning. And that's really what I needed. And I, I stopped doing everything that would lead me there. And what, you know, what had happened was, um I went to the ER one day, thinking I was experiencing, you know, like heart palpitations. And I had all these physical symptoms going on, and I got very emotional in the ER. And it's not a good idea to get emotional in the ER. <laughs> I started saying crazy things, Danny, I was like, I've lost conscious contact with my higher power. And, you know, they were looking at me like, boy, do we have a spot for you? And as soon as I got the sense, like that, there was a shift happening in the energy in the room. I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. I want to go. And they're like, Oh no. Oh no. Um, we, we can't let you go. (laughs) I'm like, what do you mean? You can't let me go. Well, they meant they couldn't let me go. And they, um, they committed me to the, to the sixth floor there in the hospital. And, um, yeah it was it was a very frightening time, very frightening experience. And I think I left that um, that hospital stay um, more messed up than when I'd entered because their solution was to give me more more drugs. You know, they diagnosed my condition based on the symptoms present at the time, not really understanding like who this person is, what this person has been through, um, you know the the tremendous amount of grief that that you know was just totally consuming me. Um, and I had no way to like process it. You know, you, you can't process anything when you're under the influence. Um,
1: yeah, for sure. You're just, you're you're disconnected,
0: totally disconnected. And so it was a very frightening time. Um, when I finally was released a couple weeks later, it was like 17 days or something. Um, I literally went straight to the center for yoga in Birmingham, Michigan. And, um, I using all the courage that I had, (laughs) I mustered up the courage to um, say, look, I am really sick. I need some help. I think this is the last stop on the bus for me. I don't think just coming to a class here and there is going to, you know, really (laughs) do it for me. I I think I need like a full immersion, a deeper experience. And um, I want to do this teacher training. And it was like the first night of teacher training. I had signed up. I had, you know, filled out the application, done all the things, um, had a friend like walk me through all the steps, you know, even took me like to the Lululemon store in our town to get like a couple of things because I was so dysfunctional and sure. had been so out there. And so I, I show up saying all of these things and the teacher, he sat there very quietly and he, he looked at me and I thought, shit, he's going to tell me to get the hell out of here. You know, like I, I wasn't sure like what was about to happen because he was so quiet and so still. And I was ready to turn for the door. And all of a sudden he said, welcome home. You've come to the right place. Yeah. And I thought, oh, I've landed. And for the first time I thought it's going to be okay. I didn't know how I didn't know, like, (laughs) I didn't know when I didn't care. I just thought, shit, you're going to be okay. I'm sorry. I'm swearing. I hope that's all
1: good. (laughs) 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 Oh,
0: I get so emotional, Danny. I mean, to this day, I can't think of that moment and not, um, not feel the magnitude of what, what it meant for me. It was like the difference between like It was like the moment I joined the living again, you know, and I had been like the walking dead for so long. And so I said, look, I don't want to teach yoga. I really just want to get healthy enough to go check into treatment to get off this stuff because I am under the influence right now. And I definitely don't feel like I'm, you know, a teacher. I, I don't have any kind of, you know, ethics or responsibility or anything. I need to get whole. I need to get healthy. This is it's either this or death for me. And so I went through the program and I kept my word. As soon as I finished the program, I literally ran away as fast as I could. It was like, everybody was celebrating, taking pictures, having a little like yoga meal. And I was like, got to go (laughs) by. And I was out the door and I checked myself into, um, a treatment center here in Metro Detroit. And, um, that was scary too. It was like a huge level of surrender. Um, and I'd never been so sick in my life. I mean, to understand what it took to kick, to get off those drugs, I'd heard people describe it for years, but I'd never had a dependency to opiates, and I'd never found myself in that same situation. So I'd only had heard the descriptions, and now I'm going through it, and I was so sick, and I thought I never want to go through this again. And it literally took like another six months for my brain to rewire, for me to feel like a somewhat normal person, and um, how, how to like live life suddenly as a 35-year-old. I was like about to turn 35, I was 34 and a half years old. And I'm like, Oh, my God, I, I've been Rip Van Winkle totally asleep for how many years now. And it was it was the scariest thing. And so like, to reintroduce myself into the community and Mm -hmm. continue my practice, that's when that's when I took the practice seriously. That's when I started to meditate. That's when I understood that the benefits of yoga were life saving, life changing Mm -hmm. benefits, and that all of us need access to this. And you know, it became my passion. And Eventually I did start teaching, obviously, (laughs) but that was because I know that like, we only keep this, this gift and it only stays precious. And our, our fire only burns bright when we share it with other people. And I didn't want to take a chance. Right. Especially in the beginning, I'm like, Oh no, you've got to like, I feel duty bound to do this. You know, I, I have to be, be that light. Um, I have to give this away. And so As you know, um, we chatted over the summer when we saw each other last. I was able to open up a donation-based studio recently, and I named it Welcome Home.
1: Ah, that's where it comes from. It all makes sense (laughs) now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. This episode is sponsored by Blue Blocks, the advanced blue light filtering eyewear. If you've seen me on Instagram or on social media, Uh, Not just recently, but um, for a bit now I've been wearing these glasses, even though I don't wear glasses, but they are these awesome clear frame glasses that help with eye strain. Um, I work for my computer a lot, I end up editing a ton of videos for the app, Um, I do a ton of stuff for the podcast, and it's a great way to remove blue light that you don't need, which eventually helps you towards better sleep. I think it's the coolest thing in the whole wide world. Uh, for each pair of glasses sold, they donate one pair read, of reading glasses to someone that can use them, which is super rad. Um, so go check out our friends over at blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X xcom And again, I've got the ones with the clear frames just because I'm on my computer all the time. Check out our friends over at blueblocks.com. Do you recall like when... I've had moments where, like, I remember when I decided, like, I was done with the shenanigans of drinking and doing drugs and and, and all that. I remember waking up and being like, I, I I distinctly remember, like, like out of all the memories I have in life, this is one that I'll never forget because I remember where I was, what I was wearing, where I was at, what it felt like, like just all the things. Like, I could remember very vividly, mm-hmm. and I remember waking up being like, I am literally. Killing my physical body right now, and I cannot do this anymore. Yeah. And then I had another moment where I kind of experienced the same feelings, except for I was like, "Oh, I'm killing my soul right now, and I don't want to do that anymore." And and I it was like this just this very clear decision for me, where things started changing immediately after that. Would you say that you had any any parts of the practice that really? you know, really helped it? Did you feel like, you know, after you did a certain amount of whatever it was, you know, that you really started to feel the shifts and the changes or what, what were the biggest parts of it that helped you get to that point?
0: So in terms of my healing with, with the practice of yoga, yeah, I really believe that when I made a commitment <clears throat> to get up early and put myself on a schedule. I had lived like <laughs> completely unstructured for way too long, you know, disconnected, unstructured. I was afraid of it. I was literally, I can remember being so fearful that I'd be wide awake in the middle of the night when the whole rest of the world, you know, was asleep and how scary that felt at moments. So like, you know, just being so untethered and not untethered in a good way, not like free, but like, like just a ship that had drifted and, you know, was totally lost. And so I would say that once I committed to that early morning practice with meditation, you know, and asana, um, I think there was a shift right away, because, you know, your mind starts to follow, and your whole day changes, your perspective starts to shift, you know, they're, they're little and subtle at first, but then you start to notice just how big the shift is. And not only does the shift happen within you, but other people start to take notice too. And all of the energy around you, just, you know, what you're able to exchange in the course of your day to day, it starts to change. And I, I started to experience a level of peace that was completely unfamiliar, a a level of calm. And it's interesting, Danny, you know, um, that word calm has always been a word that I've been very drawn to. Mm -hmm. And I always associated it with a strength. You know, um, and I and I think that I was so drawn to it because I never really had it, but I knew I needed it. You know, mm-hmm. and I didn't know how to cultivate it, and I didn't know how. So I went about trying to seek it out in all these other ways, right? You know, whether it be you know medicating myself, trying to find it, reaching for another human being and applying them to balm on my body like as if I was burned. You know, um, whatever I was doing, it wasn't coming from within, and I didn't have a practice that showed me how to create it. And I think once I started to put myself on that schedule and just said like, no matter what, you've got to develop some no matter whatness here. <laughs> you know, no matter how you feel, what you think, what is, you're going to just do this and do it the best you can, not perfectly, but, but give it your all, give it your best. And once I started to do that, some of that anxiety, that rolling, that constant roll of anxiety and, um, you know, second guessing, doubt, all of that just started to, dissipate and I think that that was huge I mean for someone who's 34 that never knew a moment's peace <laughs> you know like right. truly even if I could learn to fake it pretty well in my earlier years of recovery I don't know that I really knew it you know I was just right. doing a good job keeping it all under wraps but you know <laughs> the lid was about to blow at any second you know yeah. <laughs> so um yeah to answer your question I think the meditation you know and that early morning practice for me um, you know, really started to, to produce some positive shifts from within that I could tangibly feel, you know, I definitely knew I wasn't, you know, um, it w- it was very clear.
1: Yeah. What's it like now? What's, I mean, it sounded like it was chaotic and crazy before, you know, all the things and what's it like being Robin now with this gift?
0: Oh, well, um, things can still get chaotic and crazy, but not in that same kind of way. It's not such an inner chaotic, crazy, like, like outwardly life stuff, plans, events, people, all this stuff, um, the schedule, you know, that it's forever, um, 18 things too many in any given day, all of that can <laughs> feel pretty chaotic and crazy. But on the inside, I really do feel connected to calm most of the time, um, and if I don't, then I know that that's like a red flag or something, something I have to surrender to. And it doesn't take me long to figure it out. If I really take the time to sit down and do some self-study, mm-hmm. then I, I can figure it out. And that's, that's huge, you know, like goodbye doctors, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, and I'm not saying like, we don't need doctors. I meant like, I'm not looking for the answer outside of myself because I have a pretty strong engine from within that's, that's guided by my practice. And, um, in some of my experience, you know, I, I never knew how to meditate before. I, I didn't understand it. I definitely didn't pray. I didn't, I wasn't a religious person and I'm still not, but I do consider myself a very spiritual person. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, I have some things that I do kind of no matter what there's, and if this day is just going like horrible, it's just too much. I I can hit a reset button at any time. And these are the things that I want to share with others. You know, that that's the difference too. I didn't make time to like share anything with other people before I was too busy trying to like get my own. And I was trying to make up for lost time because, you know, I always thought I had something to prove. Like I didn't get that degree or I didn't do this thing. I didn't, you know, I'm not here yet. I'm not there yet. You know? And so I was constantly on the run, but now, um, life's pretty good. You know, Melissa, my fiance and I, we have three huge dogs. And so they're very grounding too. You know, they're, they're big loves and, you know, when you are responsible for the care of other beings, um, it it really shows you just how, you know, it kind of puts everything in perspective. You know, yeah. that, that whole um, dynamic is, is something that was a miss in my life, too. I never had pets in my adult years because, I mean, I couldn't take care of anything. I right. couldn't even make a peanut. I couldn't assemble a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How in the hell am I going to take care of a dog? You know,
1: like,
0: I, I mean, really, you know, we're laughing, but seriously, I couldn't make a am
1: laughing because it's so real. <laughs> oh, so, man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> And, you know, um, the work that Melissa and I do together, there's some crossover. She's a she's a massage therapist and I just finished this incredible um, Thai body work training. So she's like my practice person and I'm practicing on her. And, you know, it's a it's a great way to release, but it's also a great way to share healing and a great way to experience connection on this deeper level. Um, You just, you know, you feel good. When you're, it's going to sound just very basic, but it's true. You feel good when you're putting good out there, and it and it starts coming back, you know. Um, so that's what it's like to be me today. Um, I still do get a little crazy though, and I think that's probably. I'm not looking for that to disappear because <laughs> I think it'd be really disappointed. I I've been with me for a long, long time now, and um, things have gotten so much better. I've survived. overcome so much. And I'm tremendously grateful. I've got a million wonderful things happening in my life. And um, I can't wait to see, you know, what 2020 brings and, and beyond. There's a lot of things in the works right now, um, a lot of upcoming projects that I'm really putting a lot of passion and energy and, you know, love and time and everything into. But at the end of the day, um, I, I don't abandon me, you know, I don't, I don't put me off to the side and take up so many other things that, that I'm, you know, missing out. I make sure that I keep some time for me.
1: Putting yourself first is really important. I think people can be scared by that and call it like selfish and whatnot. But I'm like, if you're, if you're not tuned into you first, there's, there's certainly going to be no way in hell that you're gonna be able to tuned into something else. Cause you're just projecting at that point and going into like codependency, you know?
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent.
1: Man, Robin, you are incredible. I just am I'm so stoked that one, I've, I've got to meet you in person a couple of times and getting, getting to share some space in your presence, but I, there's just so much in your story where I, I, I get it and I understand. I know that there's a lot of people out there that... Totally would get it and understand that peanut butter and jelly sandwich thing is so real. (laughs) When you're in it, when you're in the thick of it, you're like, I don't even know how to function. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty, it was pretty bad. There's some moments there, some real, (laughs) some real moments where, you know, I mean, thank God I'm laughing now because I was not laughing then. And, um, and they don't leave you, you know? And so I treat myself with, with, you know, like really, really gentle hands sometimes, you know, because they're we're all fragile. every one of us're we sensitive, sentient beings. and I think that the capacity to feel things deeply is within all of us no more in one person than in any than in any other. And I don't want to like discount those big feelings, you know. Um, yeah. And I have a lot of yoga students who, you know, uh, have explained similar, experiences they might be at a different part in their journey and they're going through it right now you know and and my job is to because i know and you know um mm-hmm. is to hold that space you know that's all i ever wanted i think when it came right down to it i wanted someone to sit very quietly and take everything i i said in without interruption and then say welcome home and right. i'm so fortunate that 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 happened for me yeah um you know, I, if I can give that away, even if, even if one more person, you know, then, then my time here has been worth it.
1: Welcome home, Robin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome home, Danny. Totally get it. <laughs> when you come Thanks. back to Michigan, you're going to have to come visit.
1: I, I'm going to see you guys in just a few short months. I can't wait.
0: <laughs> That's what I hear. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much for taking the time out today and coming on the show and, and just for sharing who you are and, and continuing to spread your light. We all, we all need some more of it, you know?
0: Thanks, Danny. You know, you've been a tremendous, uh, inspirational spirit. I follow you very closely and, oh. um, and I've loved every, you know, I, I, I have to tell you, I don't know if I told you um, when I saw you this past August, but I had run a half marathon that day and I did not have plans to go to the festival because I had that event and a couple others that weekend, but I flew out there after my race so I could attend, you know, your business of yoga workshop and it was well worth it. Like everything you said, it wasn't just that it was like organized well and you speak well, but you know, you put a lot of heart into what you do. And and I got to tell you, that speaks to people, you know, it, it really... It really draws a closeness that's uh it's really important.
1: Uh, thank you. I just you know I always look at it as like I get to be of service and that's that's it. That's that's what I'm here to do. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> well, until the next Yogi Misfit sessions, this is Danny and Robin saying peace out.
0: Thank you so much for having me.